Hi everybody, my name is Landon Ernest, and you're listening to episode 161 of the Vortex Project Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Dear Lord, we come before you. What a, an amazing blessing it is, Father, to be joined by my brother, the Brain, Lord, and uh, be able to see each other again, Lord, and... Uh, gather for our, our time that we spend in doing a podcast lord uh, it's a blessing to us lord what a time of fellowship that we can have father to be able to open your word father and uh, uh stand on it lord and speak about it lord and not only that father uh, look at uh, the day's news or the week's news father and uh Try to bring uh, some sort of perspective, Father, when it comes to applying uh, the Word of God into today's world, Father, with the events that are, that are taking place, Father. The misfortune, the, the, the wars that take place, and uh, a lot of the times we, we, you know, as Christians, we get things wrong, Lord, and it's because we don't have a clear understanding of Scripture, Lord. Help us to continue, Father, to uh, be clear, Lord, to stand on your truth. Uh, help us to continue to understand. I pray the Holy Spirit continue to lead us and helps us in understanding your word, Father, in its proper context, Lord, and that we're able to share and, and explain it, Father, in a way that it becomes a, that it is a blessing to those that are listening, Lord. Thank you for my brother. Thank you for blessing his life. Thank you for uh, that. Even though the distance separates us, Father, but uh, our spirits, Father, uh, doesn't, Lord. We are led by your spirit, Father, and we have uh, such an amazing uh, fellowship and, and friendship, Lord, that in our podcast, Father, we, we want to honor you as uh, we continue to uh, flourish in our friendship and our fellowship, Lord. Father, I pray for our listeners. Bless them, Lord, as they, uh, you know, listen to us, Father. I pray that uh, it's it's great substance that we can uh, bring to them, Lord, and uh, that they can uh, live this life uh, uh, with more joy, Lord, and uh uh, more freedom, Lord, and also, Father, uh, with uh, the hope uh, that you are doing all things, working it together for the good of your people, Lord. Thank you for your time to give us. Let us be blessed in this podcast, Father, in the future ones, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My, my man, the brain. What's up, bro? Uh, my man, the beef. Not much. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> another day, uh, brother. Another week. Another week. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How much can happen in a week that we can't even keep up with? Uh, all a whole lot. <laughs> a whole. Even when things are happening in your own life, yeah. guess what? The world's still spinning all over the place in everyone else's life, right? Yeah, the world's spinning. <laughs> a lot of people's heads are spinning. Everybody's spinning. <laughs> things are spinning out of control. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Really. Then, I mean, I'll tell you this. Whoever is involved with news or working for the news or news media, they're never going to be without a job, bro. That's, that's a lifelong job right there, job security. 
that's, there's truth to that as long as you're giving accurate news and you're not putting out a bunch of propaganda. The propagandists may not last that long. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, they're being found out a lot more, right? Yeah. CNN tried an online uh, program, uh, CNN Plus. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. Well, it lasted about a day, and they started laying people off. After really? That's it, huh? They, they could not get enough subscribers to get the thing up and off the ground. <laughs> well, you know what? And if you know? we go back a few years, I mean, their reputation got some heavy shots, hook shots, uppercuts, <laughs> leg drops, right? Yeah. That, man, yeah. I, th- I think they were limping at that point. So to try to uh, push a, a completely new application, come on. <laughs> I think we're looking at a UFC technical knockout. That's <laughs> 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 what we're looking at here. It's like they, it was like they got pulled on. They got put on right. a, a chokehold and slowly yeah. falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> slowly falling asleep. They better start patting out here real soon. <laughs> wow, it's gonna be all over. Yeah, yeah. But if you get if you put out real news, you've got a lifetime worth of uh, material there. Um, so there's a lot going on. Um, we, uh, of course, are in hyperinflation. Mm. Oh, and I got, things are getting really bad out there, brother. I got to read this to you. Let me look this up. Uh, well, you're looking that, that up. How yeah. much is your gas out there? How much do you pay for gas? I'm, I'm seeing just slight over $4 an hour. I saw three ninety nine dollars the other wait, day. Wait, now let me yeah. ask you this. When you left California, <laughs> was the price 4 bucks? It was over four. It was it was creeping a over four, five. right? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was yeah about four, but four fifty. Of course, I get my, I get the high grade, you know. The uh, absolutely, you have to, yeah, right? Because of my car, so it was close, almost it's just under five, you know, when I yeah, left. Yeah, or yeah, probably a four fifty, four sixty, somewhere around in there. You know what, brain? I don't feel bad for you whatsoever. <laughs> Well, I, 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 my, you remember Rico? Yes. Yeah, of course he, I remember I, Rico. I worked with him in the police department mm-hmm. in, our, in our men's group. In our yeah, he he's text, in Yuma. Yuma now, right? He's in Yuma, Arizona. He texted me. Uh-huh. Uh, you, I, you don't know about this yet, brother. I'm going to read it to you, okay? Uh-oh, okay. He says, I'm rattled, but okay, after being robbed at a shell station, a shell gas station. Whoa. Yeah, he says. He says it was the, uh, the morning that he texted me. Uh, he says one time I'm not carrying my pistol because of a doctor's appointment. Right? Wow. Uh, I mean, can you imagine that happening, Rico? He says after 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 it was over, he said my heart stopped racing. I called police and they were very helpful, calming me down, as I was separated from a lot of money. Mm. So he says the police asked him if he knew who did it. He said, yeah, it was pump number five. I knew this was going somewhere. <laughs> no Enrico. Ah! <laughs> Leave it to Rico. And you know what? In my mind, yep. I was thinking, yep. Yep. no, uh-uh. <laughs> that, that all the times that I spoke with Rico, he never said he would go anywhere without his pistol. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And when you were saying Notice it, I was like, wait a minute. And that didn't sound right, did it? No, no, it did not. No, it did not. Oh, so, my uh, Highway robbery, brother. Highway robbery, right? I am Hyperinflation. Hyperinflation. Now there's a prediction of, of a recession coming up. 
Yeah. Um, which is basically um, when money is so devalued to to the point where um, you get to the point where um, businesses can't afford to continue to operate at the level they're operating at. Mm-hmm. Uh, raising prices is not doing it right because right. people can't afford to pay those prices. So the people uh, begin to cut back. They have to cut their budget. So they begin to yeah. cut back. Well, some people cut their budget. Some people don't think about cutting their budget. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> and they just they just keep throwing the plastic down and burying themselves in debt. But the, the point is, is that uh, people do cut their budget back and they don't buy as much. So now the, the goods are not being sold to the level they were. So the companies got to, they have to figure out how, how we're going to create this bottom line. You know, they're, they start running a deficit, right? Absolutely. And right. so um, the one solution they have is um, to do layoffs and to cut, to cut back the production, right? And so right. they would, you know, the stores that are not producing that much, they're going to, yeah, they, they, they close those stores down. We've seen this before. Yeah, uh, but they have to cut costs just like we have to cut costs. Now they can't lower the price because it cost them too much to make the materials. So that's why the price went up. So lowering the price isn't going to work. They start they lose on that end as well, which drives the economy into a recession, or as Trump said the other day, a stagflation, which is <laughs> inflation and, and recession all both at the same time. So you have uh, the, the the price is high. The um, jobs low or, you know, the uh, th- things happening that are st- stalling the economy as far as the job market goes. And then um, so you have end up with a stagflation, which is a really bad scenario. Uh, so um, that's what's being predicted right now for the economy. Um, and it, really, it's really artificially created. Because if, if, if they opened up the uh, pipelines for the oil, the flow, mm-hmm. did, did the fracking again, and made us, and we went back to being um, energy independent, um, and um, we uh, not only did that, but we also cut regulations, right, which would uh, help to bring jobs back and so forth. And, and you know, once things flowing, the, the price of oil affects everything. When oil goes up, everything goes up. When you can drop the price of oil, everything goes down. Everything, you know, they can hire people back. The economy gets roaring again. It's really based on oil production for our our particular economy. So uh, if that were to happen, oil would drop in half. Prices drop in half, maybe more. Production would be higher. We'd be exporting oil again like we were under Trump before. So this is artificially created by cutting off the pipelines, by alienating um, Russia, right? Mm, and right, uh, right. with those two combinations, and now Russia saying uh, you have to buy it in rubles or gold, right? Mm, the, the, right the gold, right. which uh, which deflates once again the Federal Reserve dollar. Which, by the way, the dollars we're using are not U.S. currency. People don't know that. People, people, are, they believe they're passing U.S. dollars. They're not U.S. dollars. The U.S. dollar ended in the early 1960s when, um, when we were taken off of the gold standard. And we can thank um, 
certain State Department members that pushed that really hard. I can't think of his name. The guy with the heavy accent that was during the Nixon administration. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name. Anyway, he pushed it. And um, so we ended up off the gold standard, went directly with the Federal Reserve on printing. So So we basically have a private corporation, the Federal Reserve, printing money. And that's the money we're using. So the U.S. Yeah. dollar hasn't been around for a long time. And uh, so the other thing that we need to do is we need to fire the, res- the Federal Reserve, get off of their currency, and do what Russia did, start printing U.S. currency once again. Back it by gold, the way Russia is doing. See, Russia, everybody says Russia is going to be isolated and they're going to and they're going to go down because, you know, they're isolated from the world because they got off of the, mon- you know, the IMF, the World Economic Forum and the International Monetary Fund uh, kind of walked away from that. So Russia is going to go down. No, Russia is going to boom. Their economy is going to boom because they're in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. And anybody who stays on the World Economic Forum's currency, their international currency, which is in our country here in the United States, is the um, Federal Reserve dollar. If, if you look on your dollars, folks, tens, twenties, hundreds, whatever they are, they say Federal Reserve note. They do not say um, U.S. Treasury. They don't say U.S. Treasury. They say Federal Reserve note. That's not a U.S. dollar. That's an international dollar used internationally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were convinced to get on that dollar in the early 70s. And, and that was during the last oil crisis during the Carter, Carter administration that that occurred. Yeah. And so, um, so that's what we're dealing with. So that, that whole system, that whole uh, monetary system, the international system is imploding. And they keep printing more and more to try and make up for the loss of dollars. But all that does is deflate the value. So the ruble is going to continue to climb in value because it's based on gold. And the International Monetary Fund dollar or or the Federal Reserve note is going to continue to to plummet in value. It's going to go down. Now, people have the wrong interpretation. They're saying, oh, that's that's going to bring about the demise of the United States because that's the U.S. currency that's being destroyed, being uh, devalued by Russia. No, it's not the U.S. currency being devalued. The U.S. currency was devalued and basically uh, not completely eliminated by the globalist in during the last oil crisis in the 70s when they put us on the international monetary fund money right the international uh, uh, note right so um that's when the u.s dollar went down and and we've been heading toward what we're in today since then and there that's why they were trying to get a reset Klaus Schwab kept saying, let's get a financial reset. And they wanted to get a reset to where they were in the full driver's seat and full control. And that's why they have all the transhumanism and all of this stuff that they're doing where they're trying to, they're talking about hacking people and all that. We talked about that last week, brother. Yes, uh, that is correct. Yeah, Yuval Noah um, Harari, who is a, a top advisor for Klaus Schwab, who's the head of the world economic forum they're talking about hacking people so i I decided brother that i would do a little experiment Mm -hmm. on that i thought you know if they're talking about hacking people i I figure 
maybe get, maybe I'll give that a shot. So I okay. need to I need to I need to apologize, Will Smith. Um, <laughs> he's my first subject. I decided to do it on the night of the Oscars. Oh, okay, so yeah, oh, yeah. okay, so you did, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the hacking oh, worked. You, you went, it did. It worked. I mean, you, you went a yeah. little far there, you know. I mean, who didn't want to? Who who at some point in their life didn't want to slap Chris Rock? I mean, come on, it's seriously, like, you know. You, I, you I just, just you know, had it out, right? You I just thought, you know what? It's you know, time. Maybe I just hack Will Smith and get him to go up on stage and do that. And lo and behold, I you know. Um, <laughs> So, folks, I'm sorry for that. So, hacking it, works. Hey, you know. It, it works like a, like a charm. Yep. yep. <laughs> I love it. So, anyway. Uh, sorry, Will Smith. Sorry I did that to you. Anyway, so. <laughs> so, we. Uh, yeah. So, now, that I'm just kind of using that as a joke to, to folks to explain to you how nonsensical and ridiculous the idea of hacking a human is. Um, yeah. and, and I know how they're talking about doing it. They're talking about doing it through nanotechnology and so forth. There are chips, putting chips on you and all of that to uh, where you can just walk in and uh, wave your hand and pay for things and stuff like that. And But anything that you can do like that, they can also hack that. And that's that's how they would hack a human. Also, mRNA is a form of hacking. They're hacking DNA in the human, yeah. right? you know, when they do that. But the, they, the transhumanists don't understand or believe in a soul, that we have a human soul, that we're made in the image of God. They don't believe that. So they believe we're just biological machines, basically, with consciousness, and they want to try and make us um, beyond human, something other than human, more uh, cyber human, right? Cyborg. Right type of thing that's really what their dream is so they were trying to push that so they were trying to use the whole economic system the the monetary fund uh of the international dollar which u.s is now using uh to take full control of the world basically with that system and get to the point where they can control human beings and they could be it's 1984 basically yeah, george yeah. orwell's 1984 they were trying to push that in and so th what russia has done is they have completely disrupted that whole system hmm. and that's good news for the world yeah now what's happening is um, when they went into ukraine they also that's another big hit for the deep state and that's why certain politicians in washington dc uh, which seems to be a foreign nation to the United States now, um, are squawking like stuck animals, okay? Uh, because, um, or squawking like chickens, should I say. They, uh, they're they angry and they're fussed, mad at Russia because it's their globalist system that's getting um, destroyed, that's, be that's being destroyed, getting, getting its hiney kicked by the Russians, uh, in Ukraine. Now, it's interesting, brother. In World War II, we fought against the Nazis. Mm -hmm. Right. I find it interesting that today we're supporting and funding the Nazis in Ukraine. Mm. We've made a complete reversal. Yeah. There was a lady found by the Russian army, and there's there's video on this, that uh, had a swastika uh, that was uh, branded into her into her chest area and uh, she was found dead uh, after the U ukrainian forces pulled out 
this is a civilian. Mm. So, I mean, this kind, these kind of atrocities they've been committing for eight years in eastern Ukraine because they're, they're mad at the eastern Ukrainians because eastern Ukraine was more pro-Russia. So Russia is not the Soviet Union like it was years ago. Russia is more Christian today. Uh, I think there's a figure like 70% of Russians now claim Christianity is their, their religion. Yeah. Um, Putin has supported the uh, building of churches and uh, the, the, the promotion of Christianity in Russia, which shocks people. Um, and so, you know, we, we're seeing a picture here where what's happening is, is that the nationalist, like Putin is very much a nationalist. He's all about protecting and taking care of Russia. Right. Are beginning to win the war against the globalist and uh, this is what i believe is at the actual world war three that we're in the middle of right now so um the globalists are in trouble in ukraine mm-hmm. and uh you know russia you i've seen pictures uh, videos of russian tank rolling in and it's got a cross on the side of the tank a cross of christ wow you see, you look at the uh, mercenaries and the uh, contractors and the uh, troops in Ukraine rolling in, and they've got satanic symbols on their patches and their clothing. And, you, and you're going, okay, who's, who's really the bad guy here? Right? Right. So we have to remember, folks, good and bad, uh, it, it, it spans the globe. There's good and bad in every nation. There are born-again believers in every nation, and there are Satanists in every nation. So you can't really say this nation's good and that nation's bad. They're all a mixture of good and bad. Always remember that. So, But that's what's happening. And uh, so the economy is being affected because this, the, the entire monetary system that the globalists have had, it on, have had us on over, over these number of years is imploding. And so eventually what's going to have to happen is the nations of the world are going to have to get off of that system and convert over to their own own money, their own print, their own money based upon gold. And I've heard some say that uh, this would be happening with all the nations and that um, uh, the idea of the, the folks that are fighting against that Klaus Schwab reset but are trying to get things set right. They want it to be where uh, it's $1 for $1. Mm. So, so if you would trade, if you go to Russia and you trade your dollars in U.S. currency dollars, hopefully it'd be U.S. treasury dollars at that time, and you're visiting Russia and you trade it for rubles, you'd get one ruble for $1. That's the idea behind it. So let's hope that that actually happens, that the, the people working on that actually get that done. Um, now I know a lot of that seems like a pipe dream, but uh, a lot of things seem like pipe dreams, right? Yes, Who would have yes. thought? I mean, if if man wanted to, if God wanted man to fly, he would have given him wings, right? I mean, absolutely, it's a pipe dream to think that man could fly, right? Mm-hmm. But, but now we're flying supersonic jets and all kinds of stuff, and who knows what they have that we don't know about, you know. Vehicles defying gravity. Who knows? Um, I mean, the technology um, that uh, probably is hidden from us. It's probably a hundred years ahead of where what we're seeing. But um, so that's kind of where we are right now. 
Um, I think we're going to get through this. Um, it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a big bump in the road. As, as we used to say to the Navy, stand by for heavy rolls because you're hitting a storm, right? So we're, we're in a storm economically, but I don't think it's going to last. Now, it's interesting because Trump said recently, he gave hints out that of a return to the White House before 2024. He's made several statements mm. of returning before 2024. So what does he know that we don't? Right. You know? Mystery, right? Yeah. They got, they got some he – he kept talking about the plan. You know, you're going to love the plan that we have. And uh, Biden can't be in there another. He's, there's no way he can be in another years after uh, three years after cheating. Um, we have a plan, uh, and I will return. You know, I mean, it's like almost like talking about the return of Christ. You know, but that I don't, I don't <laughs> want to be irreverent and compare it to that. But it, you know, it has that kind of ring to it, the kind of sound. But um, but the point is, is that he's talking about taking back the White House before 2024. So there's things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about right. that, they're, that they're doing. So, yeah, that's kind of the news. A lot of things happening. The Washington State, Washington State, by the way, is going all electric by 2030 on uh, cars. Every, that, now, anytime, that's the goal. Anytime you see 2030, remember that's a part of the 2030 agenda out of the UN. So Washington State has signed on to the UN's 2030 agenda by pushing electric by 2030. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. There you go. Just a little bit of news there. There's a lot more, but we don't have time to get into all of it. That's true, brother. That's true. But no, thank you for covering, uh, giving us a summary of some of the news taking place. You know, folks need to definitely uh, be aware of these things, you know, and um, as Christians, you know, we need to uh, know what's going on in the world. Right, brother? As the Apostle Paul, every time he went to preach to a new town or a new uh, city, he got to know his surrounding, his culture, you know, got to know what's going on. And, and that's mm -hmm. how his approach was to preaching God's word. But he wanted to know what, what was happening during that time. So it's important for us to do the same thing, you know, and follow the, that example that uh, the Apostle Paul gave us. And always stand on the truth of the word of God. Good stuff, my brother. Now, we're going to embark on a new series. Yes. Uh, it's uh, a lot of people's favorite subject, bro. And it's going to be our favorite subject. <laughs> and that subject, it's going to be prophecy. prophecy. Yes, sir. Not Nostradamus. No, no, no. Bible prophecy. So, <laughs> Brian is going to take us through uh, this new series in prophecy. He's going to, you know, I think, uh, is it, I think you're going to tell us uh, the future coming, right? And then you're going to tell us the exact date of the end of the world and uh you're gonna apply the prophecies i think the first was gonna be like daniel 70 70 weeks right that it's uh futurely yeah, happening is it gonna, next year or the year after bro i'm trying to <laughs> we're gonna talk about daniel 70 weeks but it's not gonna be what folks think um so yeah there are there are predictions though not mine but uh, other people are predicting, and 2023 seems to be the next big prediction year, right? Yes, it is. 
So uh, there's uh, first site I saw was uh, this is called three 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 dash God's End Time SOS Ministry. SOS uh, Ministry. Whoa. SOS Ministry, and they have a this guy whoever uh -huh. he is is predicting a rapture of the church on Sunday. Of course, it had to be on Sunday, right? <laughs> of course. September, why would you have it any other different day? Yeah. September the uh, 17th, uh, 2023. September okay. the 17th, yeah. 2023. Yeah, so okay. get ready, buddy. Right. September right. 20th. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on. So, uh, <laughs> now this is, I've never seen this before, brother. I've seen a lot of predictions like that, but I've never seen this. Uh -huh. He's actually predicting the exact time that it would occur around the world. Whoa. So at noontime would be Jerusalem, Baghdad, Istanbul, and Minsk. At 11 a.m., it would be Rome, Frankfurt, Brussels, and Paris. Whoa. I mean... <laughs> at 10 a.m., London, Dublin, and Casablanca. So there you go, London. Uh, <laughs> at 5 a.m., it would be New York, Toronto, Miami, and Havana. So I guess Trump's going to be taken up at 5 a.m. And uh, at 4 a.m., Chicago, Houston, and uh, Mexico City. Uh, 2 a.m. in the morning on Sunday, the 17th of September of 2023, it'd be Los, Las Vegas. Uh, we Make sure you're not in Las Vegas. <laughs> Would God, take, would God really take Las Vegas? You know, you know Las I, I don't want to be caught, you know, pulling on the slot machine, bro. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Los uh -oh. Angeles, A-N-G-E-L-I-S, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, huh? Wow. Phoenix. 1 a.m., Anchorage, Alaska. So I guess God loves Anchorage. Yeah. And at yeah. 11 p.m. on Saturday. The day that day before Honolulu, Honolulu, Hawaii. Talked to I talked to a friend of mine who in Hawaii recently. I guess he'll be left either taken or left behind. On anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have the international dateline. Okay, then we pass by that and we get to Melbourne and Sydney, seven p.m. Tokyo and Seoul, six p.m. Hong Kong, Singapore, Shanghai, Manila. Hello, Manila. Mm. At 5 p.m. I've been to Manila, brother. I've been to yes, Singapore. you have. Yes, and I've been have. to Hong Kong. Yep, I haven't been to Shanghai though. Oh, okay. 4 p.m. on Sunday, Bangkok, Hanoi. 3 p.m. on Sunday, Dhaka and Yangon. 1 p.m. Hmm. on Sunday, Tehran and Dubai. So there you go. There's the rapture prediction. Now, if this don't have to happen the way this guy says. Boy, he's got a he's got a tough one, <laughs> bro. I wouldn't want to be even known or seen the rest of my life. I will oh. change my name. <laughs> I will move <laughs> probably to a different country. <laughs> yeah. So here's another one. This is out of a uh, a blog, or this is a comment in the comment section. Mm. Uh, somebody named Joe Green. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Israel, so this is this reason. So we were talking, folks, before the podcast started. These predictions are kind of like doing calculus, <laughs> listening yeah, to all these right, numbers. Right. So he says Israel became a nation in 1948. Uh, not really. But anyway, we'll get into that in our series. Uh, last generation beginning uh, 1948, question mark. Will many of those born after 1948 see the rapture? 
Psalm 90, verse 10, the days of our life are 70 to 80 years, averaging 75, add 75, 1948, and we get 2023, the rapture. <laughs> <laughs> now, remember when they were saying it was 40 years? The generation was 40 years? Right, right. right? So he uses that too, but uh, remember... Uh, 88 reasons the rapture would occur in 1988. In 1988, working, that which working, was huge. Off of, yeah, working it off of 1948, 40 years to eight, right. 1988. Uh, either we got left behind or... Uh, <laughs> Bro, we, we, yeah, I mean... Uh, I don't know. So anyway, um, he, now he does this when he says, it took no 120 years to build the ark. The ark is a type and shadow of the church. Mm. Okay. A.J. Tomlinson le uh, became leader of the church in 1903. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't know who that is, but there we go. Died in uh, 1943. Yeah, had 40 years as a leader. Uh, Moses, God's leader of the children in the wilderness, was 40 years. Three 40-year generations equals 120 years, 1903 to 2023, 120 years. <laughs> yep, yep, oh, yeah. Well, that's that's a mind-boggling reasoning right there. A generation <laughs> is 40 years, Hebrews 3, 9 through 10, Numbers 32, 13. No man knows the day or the hour of the rapture, Matthew 24, 36. The day... Note, the day nor the hour has not been noted here as the Lord's return. <laughs> yeah. Some thoughts by Joe Green. It makes a lot of sense to believe or say those born between 1948 and 1988 will see the rapture. It makes a lot of sense to believe or say some over the age of 70 will see the rapture. Is It is possible the rapture will be no later than 2023. Do the math. 1903 plus 120 years of 2023. I have a hard time to stop laughing. It makes a lot of sense um, to believe and say we will not know the day nor the hour as the Lord's of Lord to the Lord's return. However, we should know close to the year. <laughs> oh, it gets worse from there, folks. Of course, of course now Don Starr, uh, the pragmatist, weighs in and says, I will start off from last century, but there have been many more predictions before that. 1936, Herbert, Herbert W. Armstrong, the founder of the Worldwide Church of God, told members of his church that the rapture was to take place in 1936 and that only they would be saved. After the prophecy failed, he changed the date three more times. In 1941, Jehovah's Witnesses predict a prediction of the end of the Jehovah's Witnesses, a group which branched from the Bible student movement. 1977, William M. Bromham. This Christian minister predicted the rapture would occur no later than 1977. In 1982, Pat Robertson, Robertson uh, in late 1976, on his 700 Club TV program, Robertson predicted that the end of the world would come in this year. 1985, Lester Simmerall, uh, this minister predicted the end of this year, even writing a book about it titled, I Predict 1985. 1988, September 11th through 13. Why is it always like September? I don't know. October 3, <laughs> Edgar C. Weisenhut. Weisenhut predicted in his book, 88 reasons why the rapture could occur, uh, could be in 1988 that the rapture of the Christian church would occur between September 11th and 13, 1988. After his September predictions failed to come true, Weisenhut 
reverse revised excuse me his prediction date to october the third in 1993 david berg dave uh, berg predicted the tribulation would start in 1989 and that the second coming would take place in 1993 uh 1994 september 6 and 29 october 2nd harold uh, uh, camping we remember that one right brother? oh yeah Remember that big sign down the street from my house in El Cajon? Absolutely, I remember (laughs) that sign. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Harold Camping. Uh, Camping predicted the rapture would occur on September 6, 1994. When it failed to occur, he revised the date to September 29th and then to October 2nd. And 2000, January 1, Jerry Falwell. Falwell foresaw God pointing out his judgment on the world on this day. And uh, 2007, April 29th, Pat Robertson, in his 1990 book, The New Millennium, Robertson suggests this date as the day of Earth's destruction. So what makes your prediction any different than all of these and countless others? Nothing, folks, nothing. Uh, It's (laughs) all nonsense. Do not fall into the trap of these predictions they're all based upon false premises, false paradigms. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna proceed, brother, mm-hmm. to explain why all those predictions are false because they put a gap between the 69th and the 70th year of Daniel's prophecy of the 70 weeks. And I'm gonna explain and all of the what the 70 weeks of Daniel are. And I'm going to explain why there is no gap between the 69th and the 70th week. And if there's no gap between the 69th and the 70th week, all of these future predictions are false and wrong. And even the idea that there's going to be a rapture in our future, well, it's going to, it, you're going to have to dig it up out of a grave and try to resurrect it after this podcast if you listen carefully because there's going to be a big problem here mm-hmm. because the scriptures are clear as to what it really happened. So I want, we'll get into it. Any thoughts, brother, before I get into the No, no I was going to add one more to your list of, uh, you know, prophecies there. The prophecies of bingo you were going through. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I came across a website that predicts the, uh, that the United Nations uh, 2030 agenda yeah, you know it's going to be a prophecy being fulfilled, and uh, <laughs> also uh, Jesus is coming during that time. So I just wanted to add that one too. You know, we, we, since it. we talk about uh, the United Nations Agenda 2030, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm going to make I'm, I'm going to make prediction about 20 the uh, 2030 agenda. It's like that one firecracker that you got to shoot off when we, when you were the little kid and your big brother said, here, you can fire this one off. And you go, you get all excited. You're firing off your first firecracker and yeah. you set it out in the ground and you light it and you run from it. And it's a dud. It's a dud. I was going to go, it's the one that it's a dud. That's right. <laughs> That's going to be 2030. It's going to be a big dud for the globalists, right? Oh, so, man. Uh, so... We're gonna so Daniel's prophecy of the 70 weeks is out of Daniel chapter 9, and I'll read what that says. I'm gonna have to bring my mic out from me a little bit to read this. Is it quality still good there, brother? You can We're still me? good there. If you want, you can just point it 
more towards you. And then me, it'll, there, it'll, there we go. Right there. That picks up great right there. Okay. So beginning with verse 24, this is the prophecy. Seventy weeks are determined uh, upon thy people and upon the holy city, uh, thy holy city, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that form the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The streets shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. <clears throat> and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself and the people of the Prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice of the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolation, even until the consumption I'm sorry, in, even unto the consummation, excuse me, my glasses are a little bit blurry here, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, if that's mm -hmm. Greek to a lot of you, that's okay. We're going to explain it all. Now, first I need to explain what the modern, uh, most of the modern prophecy so-called experts are saying about this passage. They're saying that this is future to us, that it is talking about the Antichrist. It's talking about a future um, a, a destruction of Jerusalem, that the Antichrist would uh, come on the scene, make a peace treaty, and make, that's the part about the covenant, make a peace treaty with Israel, and then turn against them uh, halfway through the seven-year tribulation, and so that would be the Great Tribulation, and that's the time that the uh, Battle of Armageddon and all that would occur. And then, uh, of course, the, the, the arguments between uh, when a rapture would occur pre-trib, at the beginning of all this, or in the middle of all this. Now, the, there's a preacher I had heard, brother, that uh, is making a mid-trib uh, prediction for September mm. of 2023. So, yeah. Anyway, um, and then at the end, Christ comes back with the saints and they, they take over the world and set up a thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. So that's that's kind of the dispensationalist premillennial or even the dispensationalist view, whether they're pre or mid or mid uh, rapture, um, in a nutshell. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain to you folks what this pas passage actually says not what is being read into the passage because of a an eschatological paradigm that they're reading into the passage, okay? Right. So we have to begin first with Daniel 9.24. And Daniel 9.24 tells us the purpose of the 70 weeks. Now, the 70 weeks, it's, each week is seven years, 
and all the Bible prophecy and all of the Bible, uh, all of the great theologians agree that this passage is talking about uh, seven years per week. So it comes out to 490 years. Okay. So there's no dispute over that. I agree with that, that it is a reference to 490 years. Now, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city. So they determine 70 weeks. And what's the purpose of the 70 weeks? Number one, to finish the transgression. So that means that the, that the, the purpose of the 70 weeks or the finalization of the 70 weeks is to take away sin from the people. Okay? To finish the transgression. So in, in other words, in the old covenant economy, they had to continually uh, sacrifice uh, bulls and, or uh, you know, calves and uh, lambs and uh, goats and so forth, uh, pigeons, for the purpose of atonement, right? The, the sacrificial atonement um, to take away sin. And that would only cover you for, you know, the high priest would go in once a year to the Holy Holies and do that, that the uh, sacrifice of the atonement. And that would cover the sins of Israel for that particular year. And then they'd do it again the next year. And any time, you know, they needed to go and do a sacrifice, they would do that. Uh, and so those sacrifices were taking place around the year, around the, the clock, uh, uh through that year, but only one time a year would they go, would the high priest go into the Holy Holies. The other sacrifices were being taken care of outside the Holy Holies in, in the uh, courtyard of the temple where uh, the priests would accept your sacrifice and they would do the sacrifice for you and uh, and then you would uh, have, be absolved of whatever your sin you were sacrificing for, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that was basically the outcome of the economy. So that the, to take away, the, to finish the transgression, well, that would be the work of Christ on the cross. Absolutely. He finished the transgression. Okay, He was the final sacrifice. The second reason for the 70 weeks is to make reconciliation for iniquity, to be reconciled back to God. We were alienated from God before the death and resurrection of Christ, but at the point that Christ died and was resurrected, we were at that point reconciled back to God. So that was the second person, purpose of the 70 weeks. Now, the next one, the third reason was to bring in everlasting righteousness. Everla- everlasting righteousness is brought in <clears throat> by the cross. Once again, this is pointing to the cross. So once you're redeemed in Christ, now you have everlasting righteousness. The fourth reason uh, is to seal up the vision and the prophecy. The, the vision and the prophecy was sealed up until the time that the apostle John uh, brought the prophecy out, and that's the book of Revelation. So it was revealed to the apostle John. So the fifth purpose was to anoint the most holy and uh, Christ was anointed as the Messiah, right? He's the most holy. Mm-hmm. So that he was anointed as the Messiah. So this is a, a reference to the Messiah coming for the purpose of reconciling us back to God. And that's, uh, so that's Daniel 924, holy. So, and then, uh, so 
how was that fulfilled? How were those things fulfilled? Number one, the transgression is finished, cross and resurrection. Number two, sinners are reconciled to Christ. Number three, redemption has brought uh, everlasting righteousness. Number four, the vision was sealed until the revelation of the Messiah. And number five, the Messiah was anointed at his baptism. Conclusion, Daniel 9.24 was fulfilled in the first century A.D. Mm. So this first was fulfilled in the first century AD. Now, there is no gap mentioned here between the 69th and the 70th week. No gap found in this passage. So that was the purpose. Now, so we have the 76, so we have 490 years, right? That right. uh, it's predicting. Now, notice that it says that this would, it would start or begin in verse 25 Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks, three score and two weeks. So that's 70 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. So it's the, so the beginning of the clock for the 70 weeks was the declaration by Artaxerxes the first, that the wall should be rebuilt in Jerusalem. Okay, so that was that declaration by Artaxerxes the first was made in 458 BC. Okay, so that was his declaration. So that so you have 70 weeks or 490 years on the clock from 458 BC to um, to the consummation, which was mentioned uh, concerning, so the, to the end of the 70 weeks, right? That's right. So there's no gap. So how does that work out? Well, uh, Artaxerxes made the declaration for 58 BC. So 69 weeks puts you at 40, 483 years. Now, depending on when Christ was born, some say 3 BC, and some say right on the 0 AD or 1 AD. Uh, either way, if it's three, you know, if you're looking at uh, one or the other, it, you end up around AD 26 to AD 30 for mm -hmm. the uh, for the 69 weeks. Right. So that means that the 70th week came in at the point of Christ's ministry. Yeah. And, and uh, the consummation was the, the uh, work of Christ on the cross. And that was the beginning of the end of the old covenant. Remember, the, the veil was torn from top to bottom in the temple. That means the Holy of Holies was no longer in operation. That's right. So you have this, so that's the 70th week. There's no gap. The 70th week. And so this is not talking about a future Antichrist. And it's not talking about anything to, in our future. Now, notice who is it talking about? Well, let's read through the passage. Know therefore, understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem, the Messiah, the Prince, shall be seven. So that's the 70 weeks we talked about, the 490 years it takes us to the ministry of Christ. And after uh, verse 26, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Now, this puts us in the middle of his ministry, 
So he was cut off at the death, burial, and resurrection. Right. That's the cutting off. All right. So he would be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince shall come and shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. So he did not cut it. It was not cut off for himself. He was cut off for us. This is what it's saying. He was cut off for our redemption. Does that make sense, folks? So then after that, you have uh, the destruction of the temple. Now, watch this. So you have the 70 weeks ending with the ministry of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. His right. death, burial, resurrection, probably all the way up to about the, the uh, conversion of the Apostle Paul, right around that time. Mm. So you have, from that point, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, a fl- you know, you could say a spiritual flood, you could say a flood of soldiers, uh, but it's not referring to water here. And unto the end of the war, the de- desolations are determined. So this is the Roman army surrounding Jerusalem and going in and destroying the, the, the Jerusalem and the temple. Okay. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now, who's he in verse 27? Now, this is where the dispensationalists flip and say, that's the Antichrist. That the Antichrist in our future would convert, you know, he would make a covenant with Israel and confirm it for one week. Now, no, look at the context of the passage the he that's referring to here goes back to 25, 24 and 25, where it's referring to the Messiah. Even Absolutely. in 26, it's still referring to the Messiah in 26. Why all of a sudden do we flip it to the Antichrist in 27? It's referring to Jesus Christ. He, Jesus Christ, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of, in, of course, that's the 70th week. He's confirming the covenant, the new covenant with us. And um, in the midst of the week, he shall cease to sacrifice and the oblation to cease. How? Well, he ceased it by his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, there's another way of looking at this. The actual physical sacrifices and oblations, now he ceased it spiritually at that point, but the actual physical uh, ceasing of them occurred in the middle of the one week that's mentioned in the next verse. That's in the middle of the tribulation when they ceased the sacrifices because the great tribulation hit Jerusalem and the sacrifices stopped at that point. So Christ spiritually ceased it at his as death burial resurrection and physically ceased it at the uh, seizing of Jerusalem by the Roman army and that was in the middle of the the next week that's mentioned the, the next seven years which are separate from the 70th week of Daniel okay there's a there's another week that's mentioned after the 70th week read along with me and it says, uh, and after 
verse 26, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself and, and the people of the prince that shall uh, come, shall destroy the city. So this is, he's coming back. Remember, he told the Sanhedrin council, you will see me coming in the clouds in, in my glory and you will receive my wrath. He told them that at the end of Matthew, right? The book of Matthew. Absolutely. And, uh, and so this was fulfilled when he did he performed that in, in AD 70. Now, in verse 27, he says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. He shall cause the sacrifice of oblation to cease. And for the course uh, overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the con consummation and that determined shall be poured out uh, upon the desolate. So the one week that he's referring to here, that's the seven years between about 8063 to 8070 mm -hmm. that the Roman right. Roman army surrounded Jerusalem. And then they went in and they stopped the sacrifices in the middle of that time. Right. And then he got, Christ said he would use the Roman army as his, as his instrument to, to judge Israel for its continuing to reject the Messiah and to continue those sacrifices, and they would make it desolate, it says. So, overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. So, the abominations that were occurring were occurring inside the, the walls of Jerusalem with the Jews that were, uh, that were uh, insulting God with what they were doing. Okay, so the Roman army goes in and they make it desolate. They destroy it in AD seventy. Mm. We'll get in. We'll bring Josephus out during the series and talk about how jo Josephus explains it, as he was an eyewitness to the whole thing. And uh, it says, "And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate." Mm. So this is this is so that's everything that it fits perfectly. Everything that occurred in that history, okay, uh, concerning the 70 weeks of Daniel. So to get a gap, a 2,000-year gap between the 69th and the 70th week to make that future to us, you're going to have to find that gap in the Scriptures somewhere. <laughs> it's and, and it's nowhere in Scripture. I was going to say, you're going to have a hard time finding it. Yeah. So it's without that gap, without that gap, you have nothing as far as these predictions are being made for the future. Mm -hmm. So what is to our future? Well, Daniel continues his prophecy later on in another chapter, and he talks about the fact that the church in that prophecy, and we'll explain it in the series, will continue to grow bigger and stronger as time goes along, all the way to the final consummation. Mm. I'm glad you mentioned that, brother, because <clears throat> going back to uh, verse 27, so you you just told us who the he was in 27, which is the Messiah. Uh, right. That context tells us that. It says we'll make a firm covenant. You right. know that We know that's going to be uh, the, the implementation of the new covenant, right? Of the new covenant. Yeah. Now, here mm -hmm. where it says, with the many. Now, is the many include... The many Jews, or is the many not only Jews but Gentiles, which that changes a lot, especially during that time period? It's uh, 
I'm 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 going to go with the Gentile and Jewish believers both. Mm. The many. It, 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 to me, I coordinate that with the many mentioned in the New Covenant books, which says many Christ died for many, right? Right. Um, and so that would be both Jew and Gentile. Mm. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any other questions? <laughs> no, no. Just wanted to have you clear that up. Okay. So let the me many, run. The many can mean many things. <laughs> it can. It can. So let me let me run some numbers. Let's see how this works. Okay. So you have. Let's take the numbers. So I'm going to assume uh, a, 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 a on this one a, a three BC mm -hmm. uh, birth of Christ. So you can. It works if you do uh, the one AD birth of Christ as well. It works either way. So 458 BC, Artaxerxes I makes his declaration right out of Daniel 24. Okay. 483 years at 69 weeks brings us to AD 26. Christ starts his ministry. Right? Christ has his ministry. That's right. So uh, the 70th week begins at that point. Mm -hmm. Now, in the middle of that 70th week, Christ is cut off. He's, his death, brown resurrection occurs. So it's three years of his ministry, and then he, he has his death, brown resurrection. And then by the end of the 70th week, you have the day of Pentecost, and you have the conversion of the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. So that's a final consummation of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit being given to the church. Remember, he said, I will leave you, but I will send you a comforter, the Holy Spirit. So that's the end of the 70th week of Daniel. And then you have, um, so when you consider the 40-year um, number for generation, which is actually the correct number. So the, he had it right when he said 40 years from 1948. He had the 40-year generation number right. He just had the wrong beginning point. <laughs> <laughs> wrong century. <laughs> yeah. So if you take 40 years from 8026, it takes you to 8066, which was right in the middle, right when the, the, the Great Tribulation began against, mm. against Jerusalem. Right. If you take it from AD um, 30, right, mm -hmm. um, which would be the the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, if you if the numbers are coordinated correctly on that, then you'd end up at 8070, the taking down of the temple. Right. So there's your 40-year generation. From, from uh, the end of the 70th week to the final consummation, where you're uh, of that that final consummation, where you're taking down the um, the temple and the sacrifices, and the new covenant comes into its fullness. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so there's your there's your numbers. Now you got, uh, of course, the seven year tribulation between about sixty three to seventy. Um, seventy A.D., which that 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 week is not a part of the 70th week. The 70th week is not the tribulation. <laughs> they got that one wrong too. Yeah. The 70th week or the, 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 the extra week is separate from Daniel's 70 weeks. Um, it's another week that's mentioned in, in the, the, 
I think it's verse 26, somewhere around 26, 27, mentions that one. So, so there's your numbers. So what does that mean for our future? All right. Well, it, it means that Christ is still working his kingdom. And his kingdom is continuing to grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Right? And so uh, the, any, a final uh, consummation future to us would be the completion of the fullness of Christ's work in his kingdom. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Repeat that again, bro. Any consummation uh, future to us would be the coming in of the fullness of the work of Christ in his kingdom. Mm, Bringing it to the fullness. Bringing the church to its full fullness and its full power, his bride. That would be be the future consummation. So, uh, So we'll have to get into more detail concerning what Christ did, remember it says that there would be a sign in the heavens, or the sign of Christ coming would occur, and that particular passage is a reference to uh, his uh, his sign of his coming in A.D. 70. That's, you have to be careful on the language there, right? Yeah. And Josephus even records um, that the armies on the earth that were fighting saw armies in the skies above them fighting. He records that in his uh, recording of uh, the uh, eyewitness of the events that occurred in that time. It's absolutely mind-blowing and fascinating when you start looking at reading it. But so what does that mean for us? It means that we have come into a fullness Mm -hmm. of the new covenant. It means that we don't have to look for a rescue or rapture or anything else, which, by the way, First Thessalonians 4 is not talking about a rapture. It's talking about the general revelation. Mm, I'm, I'm right. sorry. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The general resurrection. Resurrection. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The general resurrection, which has been the interpretation of the church for 1,900 years until J.N. and Darby came along and, uh, and changed it in the late 1800s, but it's a general resurrection of the believers. That's First Thessalonians 4. Now, so that's, I think we can leave it there for right now. There's a lot to this. It, it, we need to just take bites, little bite sizes, right? Absolutely. We don't take the whole meal all in one podcast. So we'll, we'll develop this more in the next podcast. But the th- fact that the 70 weeks were consecutive and not there's no gap between them, that utterly uh, destroys these predictions of future tribulation, these predictions of a future Antichrist, these predictions of a future tribulation period, future one world government, future um, one world economic system, future one world religion, all that is based upon um, paradigms that are not in sync with scripture. So, Forming your life around those things and thinking that a computer chip in your hand is the mark of the beast 
and all of that, and, and that we're heading toward this horrible time of you know tribulation and and uh, you pre-trib people, you just don't know it's going to be mid-trib, and you're going to go through a part of, part of tribulation and all this kind of stuff. It I don't it doesn't bother me one ounce because I don't believe any of it. And none of it's true <laughs> based upon my reading of scripture. Amen. What we have in our future is Christ defeating his enemies and the church continuing on with God protecting his bride and taking care of his bride. Oh, yeah. That's what Absolutely. we have in the future. No tribulation, no mark of the beast, no antichrist, no trib, no one world anything. None of that is in our future. The only thing in our future is Daniel's prophecy that we're going to grow stronger and stronger and Christ is going to defeat his enemies. That's our future. Amen. Your thoughts, your thoughts, brother. No, brother. It's it's perfect. You put it perfectly. I mean, the context of scripture, I mean, you laid it out greatly. The only thing I, that I was thinking about as you were uh, talking and, and sharing with us uh, was everything, even in Daniel's prophecy, pointing to Christ Mm-hmm. In pointing to the new covenant, and even right. uh, uh, in in Matthew, I was thinking of Matthew twenty one, where uh, Christ is talking about uh, uh, giving the kingdom of God to a new nation and bringing mm-hmm. forth fruits. Right. That new nation is the church, and the church. we are bringing forth the fruits that Christ right. was talking about. So I thought it was right. amazing how that all pointed to now that that's our future right there. We're, we're bringing the fourth fruits. We're we, bringing, we're living, you know, with those four fruits. And uh, I thought it was amazing that Christ at that time judged the nation, right? With desolation. We used to right. talk about that. You broke it down and he right. took away that kingdom by, you know, when bringing it to its full uh, uh, status of desolation and bringing about the church, that we uh, are now and we are victorious and we continue to live in this spiritual kingdom. And again, the ultimate goal is reaching, uh, 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 you know, uh, eternity with, uh, with our Lord. So right. that's the way we are to see uh, uh, these prophecies, or at least this prophecy fulfilled uh, and continue to be fulfilled. And we're just living in that fulfillment. Right. It, 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 exactly exactly and that give, doesn't that give hope bro for the future uh, there's no burden I, of me thinking about oh right. the 666 mark of the beast oh yeah. oh antichrist who is it who is it right right i, 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 I heard uh, uh kirshner being mentioned as the antichrist recently hey, bro I, I, t- <laughs> shoot. I mean at this point yeah. you know if we're still <laughs> under that type of eschatology man i think right. you're the antichrist you know or me yeah, it could be any of us, right? Is it so, is it uh, is it I Lord? Right? Is it I Lord? Um, it was Doctor Gamble. I heard in one of his lessons one time that said this concerning the dispensational view. He said, "You don't shine the brass on a sinking mm. ship." Right? Wow, it, that is great. Again, he says, "You don't shine the brass on a sinking ship." Right? Mm-hmm. And of course, the response to that is. Shine the brass. The ship's not sinking. Exactly. Right? So, But if the ship is sinking, uh, you're not thinking about furthering the kingdom. You're mm-hmm. thinking about storing up food and getting ready for uh, the tribulation. Or you're thinking about, God's coming to get me soon. Yeah, you know? I know. Absolutely. 
I got to I got to do a quick presentation of the gospel with people because I got to get them saved as fast as possible because we don't Thank have much time. Thank you for saying you know? that, brother. I was sitting here thinking, you no. know, when you mentioned Darby and and when he you know brought about his uh, 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 dispensationalism and how. You know, at that time, you know, just thinking about what he did, what he brought, you know, how he changed the eschatology there. What's the fastest way to try to bring, you know, more believers to the flock according to like an Arminian, you know, type of theology or, well, get him scared, right? Right. I mean, get you scared. Yeah. How am I going to make you run towards, you know, this truth that I'm trying to share with you? Let me make you scared. Let me talk about this end of the world. Let me take tell you about this one uh, God that uh, you know is coming, right? So you can right. flock, right? And the faster I can get you to say yes, you know, according to that theology, that's how I am supposed to, you know. As long as you say you accept Jesus Christ in your heart, yes, okay, good, you're good, you know. It's, so and, well, and, and the, the the presentation of the gospel and the acceptance of someone claiming to be redeemed gets big, becomes very very sloppy. Sloppy, you said it. Yeah, you said yeah, it. Very sloppy, and very inadequate. Mm, you said it. You said yeah. it. And that's why we have what you just read at the beginning of this subject in regards to everybody coming to the wood shop. You know, trying to tell us when is the second coming? When is the world going to end? What prophecies perfectly fit right now with the news that we're, you know, in war? Well, not us, but I mean, at least the the, the world is in, you know, in war. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, right? So it's going to make people scared. Yeah. People are going to be like, I need hope. Where do I go? Right? Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and then it's unfortunate that that's the case. And it's the most popular view in Christianity in America. Mm-hmm. Right, Absolutely. but not not necessarily overseas. I was reading something. I'm not a big fan of N.T. Wright, but I was reading something how N.T. N.T. Wright was saying that um, this dispensational view is kind of unique to America because overseas, over in the United Kingdom, they really don't hold to that view. No, and no. that's why Darby no. came running, yeah, to the United States because it wasn't. Really working overseas. Wasn't working because they knew their Bibles better than that. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Good stuff, my brother. Good stuff. That's a good start to our uh, prophecy series. Hope, uh, uh, folks, we pray that you enjoy this. And like my brother said, it's little tidbits, you know, that we're going to be sharing. And we don't want to overwhelm you because it's a lot of information. I mean, my brother has spent. I mean, years studying this, years researching and, and uh, getting to the knowledge of uh, uh, covenant scatology, and, uh, which we encourage you to do as well. But for the sake of podcasting, we're going to be doing tidbits like this. And if you have questions, please, please, please send us an email. The Vortex Apologetic at Yahoo.com. Uh, send us emails, questions that you might have, our, our Facebook threads. Fill them with questions. We don't do a whole lot of uh, questions, interactions. You know, maybe people are shy <laughs> about those things, but we really encourage it. I mean, we take critique. We take, I mean, uh, uh, the you know the 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 other side of the uh, of the uh, um, of the stand on eschatology. Hey, bring it about. We can discuss. We can address these questions, and uh, we do it truthfully with the Word of God open. That is for sure. Other than that, that's that's my bit, bro. What what do you got, Else? 
I just want to say that uh, don't see this study as uh, just purely apocalyptic. This study is going to be extremely doctrinal mm. mm-hmm. and extremely doctrinal, uh, exalting Christ and extremely doctrinal, doctrinal explaining the transition between the old and the new covenant. That's what these prophecies are about. And thank God it is, because if we're still looking for a consummation, this that particular consummation in our future, then we're still waiting for redemption. Oh, yeah. Redemption has not occurred yet. And that's something that dispensations, dispensationalists are going to have to uh, they're, going to, they're going to have to work through that one to get me to believe that it's in dispensationalism because it clearly states in Daniel's prophecy that the purpose of it was to bring redemption to the believer. Mm. And if if it's we're still waiting for the 70th week, that purpose has not been completed yet. Ooh, good point. So th- there's another problem with this one so that's why i don't believe in it i don't accept it Mm. good stuff my brother thank you for blessing us appreciate your time and appreciate your uh your teaching uh other than that if you have nothing else man you know what to do well go with the joy in your heart and a skip in your step and uh, remember folks uh keep your mind sharp and heart pure we'll see you next podcast and we'll catch you on the flip side You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, We wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives that uh, they put up with us. Allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God. And uh, in return, they help us as well and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So we want to especially thank them. I uh, also want to thank uh, our church, uh, our friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to encourage, be encouraged about. I uh, want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us. And uh, it's a blessing to have them in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. That we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you. 